Being Reasonable, now heard on WHUP LP Hillsborough, WCOM Carborough and WPVM Asheville. Being Reasonable comes to you from the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsborough, North Carolina. I'm Mark Solomon, and you are taking part in Being Reasonable, the weekly conversation show that focuses on how we've arrived on our steadfast views and our desire to know what is true. To participate in this friendly collaboration, all you need is respectfulness and an honest interest in the truth. We can all improve the way we form and consider our beliefs, and we can do so by being reasonable. One, two. On this week's show, we speak with Sophie Dangtran from Jewels of Light Healing in Raleigh, North Carolina. Sophie discusses her belief in the power of Reiki. So let's speak with Sophie Dangtran. You had a bad situation and you had a a cat that passed and that was of course very painful, but out of that pain, out of his passing came something positive in the sense that you got into Reiki work and other things. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. So I started with Reiki work and I went on to learn other therapies. But the Reiki was what precipitated my spiritual awakening. So you're saying that everything happens for the highest good. Mm -hmm. And in this situation, Mm -hmm. what was the highest good that happened? Well, the highest good is that I got into Reiki and I started to become more awake spiritually, which I was not before. Uh, I used to be a very technical person. I majored in math and in uh, computer science when Mm -hmm. I was in college and in graduate school. And I worked as a computer programmer for a major corporation for 26 years. Okay. So I was not at all tolerant of any beliefs that said that there is a God (laughs) or that there's energy work or there's anything beyond our senses. Yeah. And all that started to change when I started to learn Reiki. So what is Reiki? Okay, so Reiki, first of all, the name stands for Universal Life Force Energy. I didn't know that. Yes. Uh-huh. It stands for it? Yeah. How so? Well, the word ki in Japanese or in Chinese oh, okay. is chi. I gotcha. Also, so it's Universal Life Force Energy. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So what is Reiki? Reiki is a hands-on therapy, or at least it could be hands-on. It could also be hands-off as well. And what it does, it aims to balance your energy field because we all have an energy field. We're not just this body and this mind. We have an energy field also. And because the energy field is connected to everything, everything is connected to everything else. So the energy field is also connected to our bodies and to our minds. So when you balance the energy field, you will feel some benefits both physically, mentally, emotionally as well. When you are having your hands over somebody, mm-hmm. what's happening? What's actually going on that's helping them? What's going on is I help their bodies 
and them and their beings actually not just their bodies i help their bodies and their beings to receive more universal universal life force energy which is the energy that powers us all so when we get more universal life force energy then we get more balance we get much calmer sometimes physical ailments will go away for example a lot of people used to come to me especially at the beginning because of stress and because of back aches those were the two main uh, reasons so you're helping with them with universal life force energy mm -hmm. so when someone comes to you you're obviously a nice person and they have some problems that they need help with and you're helping them with those problems how do we know that it's something about Reiki itself, something about universal life force energy that's helping your clients as opposed to someone nice to talk to and something to look forward to and, and someone to, to who's paying attention to them and giving them positive regard and empathy? That's a very good question because, yes, it does happen then when you just have somebody to listen to you non-judgmentally, it makes the world of good. Yeah. Um, and even before I knew Reiki, I had had people tell me, you know, they love to be near me because they feel calmer. Yeah, you seem like a very calm, caring person. So, uh -huh, Thank you. So how do we distinguish between what's going on? Is it Reiki or is it you? Mm -hmm. It's both, actually. Because I think each healer, each Reiki practitioner brings their own energy to the session. So it's not just one or the other, it's both. Some people who might come to me might enjoy it, and other people come to me and not enjoy it so much because they maybe they need another practitioner that will resonate better with them. However, um, there have been some scientific studies of Reiki, and uh, I cannot quote you who did what, when, but there have been uh, scientific studies that show that yes something happens and also you know just a feedback because even if I just did Reiki and did not did not even utter a word it will make a difference. Reiki is practiced in some hospitals so obviously some other people believe in it too. I see. So what is this universal life energy? Is it something that we can measure? Is it something that you know when somebody has it versus they don't have it? How do you know it's here? Very good question again. I think that some of those studies did actually measure something. I don't remember what exactly. What do you think it is? It's, um, it's just energy. It seems like energy could probably mean a lot of things to different people. Yes. Energy could mean magnetism. Energy could mean... So my belief is that it's everything that you mentioned is energy. It's just different forms of energy. Uh, maybe different frequencies. So obviously the electricity that comes out of your power outlets yeah, is energy. not what I do when I do Reiki. Okay. But still it's a frequency that's there. So it can be measured? Yes. Is there a certain device that we can use to measure it and to see it? Probably. Uh, like I said, some of these studies did study something and take some measurements. I do have to say that other studies just go by feedback from the people who receive the Reiki. Yeah, so if it's real, I'd like to know it. If Reiki is a thing that helps people and people benefit from it, 
And if that is true, I want to know it. So I want to know how we could know it. How do we know that it works, that it's real? Usually what I tell people is that I cannot explain this to your mind. Uh, I can show you. I often give short demos so that people will see what it does for them. And it will be different for each person. All right, let me ask you this question. Well, maybe a thought experiment. Let's say I believe, Mm -hmm. I truly believe that I have magic hands. These hands are magic. And if I wave them around people, whatever their problems are, it improves. If it's anxiety, they have less anxiety. If they have sadness, they have less sadness. And I just call these magic hands. I don't know how it works. It's magic. How could we distinguish between my magic hands and someone who performs Reiki? I would say it's pretty similar. A lot of people think that what I do is magic because I cannot explain it logically. And there are other... So if I say I have magic hands Mm -hmm. and I wave them over people and people improve, Mm -hmm. then what I'm doing is just Reiki. Is that what you're saying? No, because Reiki is one particular example of magic hands. So I had said that there are many healing frequencies and there are many frequencies, period. Right. So Reiki is, you can say, is one range of frequencies that can help you heal, whatever the word healing means. So if someone went to a Reiki practitioner and there was no mechanism, no machinery, no something that could detect those frequencies, then we would say that it's no longer Reiki, it's magic hands. No. No. Um, Well, yes. Let me see. Yes. If somebody does something with their magic hands and the person feels better, then it's magic hands. If the magic hands happen to be Reiki, then it's Reiki, but the magic hands could be other frequencies as well because there are many other therapies besides uh, Reiki that are energy energy healing therapies. Because what I'm saying to you is what I'm doing is magic. Mm -hmm. We don't know how it works. It's my belief that it works. And I want to know how we can distinguish between magic hands and Reiki. Is there some kind of test that we can do? Just if it's true and real, I want to know it. Mm -hmm. And I want to know how we could know it. That's it. Mm -hmm. Okay. there are probably tests that can, we can do. Uh, I don't have those instruments with me. <laughs> Never had. If we went through the literature, went through the research, and if we found, let's say, that there were no physical tests that we could do to detect this energy, let's just say that, would you no longer believe in Reiki or would you still believe in it? I would still believe in it. Why? Because I, has, I have seen it work many, many times. Obviously not with 100% of the people, but I've seen it work enough times to know that it's there. If I practiced my magic hands and people came to me and I try to be nice to them and empathetic and I talk to them about their problems as I'm doing this, could I still say it's my magic hands that's doing it or could I say it's something else or what would be the state of my belief, do you think, about what I'm doing for people? Uh, you could say that it's one particular type of magic hand. Okay. Are you telling me what you're doing is magic? (laughs) Uh, Some people think so, yes. But if you think about it, energy is everywhere. I don't know if you believe that or not. Do you? 
Yes. Okay. I think in the sense that it can be detected by physical instruments and there's energy that we know exists at different bandwidths and frequencies and and different kinds of energy in the sense that there's nuclear energy and electromagnetism and yes, insofar as that you can measure that it's there. Mm -hmm. Do you think that? Uh, Yes, I believe that everything is energy, including ourselves. And I would like to point out too that there are some doctors and other scientists that believe that there's energy, um, that some doctors that actually practice Reiki, I've seen. But you're telling me that mm-hmm. if there was no instrument that could detect it, mm-hmm. you'd still believe it. Yes. So I want to know what's the main reason why you believe it. Okay. So I believe it because sometimes I can feel it. And yes, there's not a scientific instrument, but I can feel it in my gut that something's happening. And basically, that's how I got into Reiki. I had heard about, uh, I had heard somebody mention they were going to have a Reiki session. And I said, Reiki, what was that? Is feeling that something works, is that a reliable way to know if it works? Not for everybody. For me, yes. People who need scientific proof uh, usually don't come to me. Uh, if they do come to me, they will leave pretty quickly because their preference is something else. Well, I would like to know if it works, if it works. Mm-hmm. And if there's no way to know that it's Reiki versus something else, then how do we know that it works? Right? Uh, first of all, whether it's Reiki is something else, some people will not know whether it's Reiki is something else. Other people will feel it. There are people who are intuitive enough that they can tell whether it's a particular flavor of energy work called Reiki or whether it's another flavor of energy work. Flavor of energy? Yes. It's like uh, being able to distinguish between chocolate and vanilla. There might be some people who who might not be able to tell the difference between the two, and there are people who can tell the difference between the two. If there are people who can tell the difference between different flavors of energy, how could I know that's true aside from them telling me that? You would not be able to know what your mind. Is Reiki true in the sense that, is it a true thing that works, whether I believe it or not, whether you believe it or not, whether we're even living or not, mm-hmm. does it, is it something that's real? When we talk about Reiki, is it something that's true about the universe? It's true as far as I'm concerned. If something is true as far as you're concerned, does that make it true in the larger sense? Yes, and there are some people who will think differently, which is their prerogative. But I want to know what you think. Is it a universal truth in the sense that it is real for everybody and doesn't require their belief? It doesn't require the belief, true. And yes, it's real for me. And the other thing is everybody is entitled to believe whatever they choose to believe. Sure. And uh, And I'm not saying whether someone can choose to believe what mm -hmm. they want to believe. I want to know if it is a universal truth in the sense that for example, I have chickens running around my yard. There's neither an even or odd number of chickens. Uh-huh. 
I might not know the answer to that, and you might not know either, mm-hmm. but it doesn't require us knowing it or not. That is a universal truth. Either there is an even or odd mm-hmm. number of chickens. Would you agree with that? Uh, in the normal kind of physics that I used to learn in school, yes. However, we have quantum physics now. In quantum physics, it's not always one or the other. If you remember the experiment of Schrodinger's cats, the cats in the box, and we don't know whether it's alive or dead. So what you're telling me, I think, is that there are no universal truths because there could be an even number of chickens out there for me, and there could be an odd number of chickens out there for you, and they both would be equally true. Yes. If we live in a universe where there are an even number of chickens for me and an odd number of chickens for you, Mm -hmm. is there any such thing as a universal truth? Because it seems like you're telling me everyone only has their own personal truth. Everybody does have their own personal truth, which can differ from person to person. That's true for me. I think there are a few universal truths for everybody, though. Uh, For example, there's gravity on Earth. So let's take the universal truth of gravity. Mm -hmm. Could there be a scenario due to something, let's say, like quantum physics, where there is gravity for me and not gravity for you? Maybe not to that extent, but there's maybe there are different levels of gravity. For example, as we are here on your deck, the gravity is whatever Earth's gravity is. But if you're in a lab where they work on gravity, I'm sure that they have some machines that can make the gravity of an enclosed space different from the gravity of Earth. And for the astronauts, they're now circling in the ISS station if it's still there. But as we're sitting here talking, Mm -hmm. could you envision a scenario where you are under the effects of gravity and I'm not under the effects of gravity? Not for the two of us, no. Why could we say that for gravity, but not for other physical systems? Uh, Maybe because Reiki is not a physical system like gravity is. What is it? It is energy that's all around us and that powers us. If that energy is unable to be measured, how do we know that that energy exists and that energy is what is purported to cause the change we are thinking is causing that change. Yeah, you're looking definitely for an answer that's logical and reasonable. Uh, And uh, there's more than that because... Are you telling me that Reiki is illogical? Yes. Yes, for me it is. Some people are using it in a scientific sense because it's found in some hospitals. But for me, it really doesn't matter to me whether it's something I can measure or not. What I get is a feedback from people that I work on and how they feel before and how they feel after. Is there anything that could happen to you when you're practicing Reiki or when you're thinking about it? Is there anything, any scenario that you could envision where you could say to yourself, oh, you know what? I might have been wrong about Reiki. It might not work or it might work for completely different reasons why that I think it works. Is there, can you, could you envision some kind of scenario where that could be the case? No, 
usually when it doesn't work for somebody, it's because they subconsciously are choosing to not benefit from it. So when it works, it's because of Reiki. And when it doesn't work, it's because the person has chosen for it to not work. Well, when it works, it's because Reiki works and because they choose to be open to it. Not everybody will be open to it. Right. So I think what you're saying is, is that when it works, it's because Reiki is true and also the person might want it to work. But if it doesn't work, that means Reiki is true, but the person doesn't want it to work now. They either don't want it to work now or it's another frequency of healing that they require. When you're telling me that whether it works or whether it doesn't work, has nothing to do with the Reiki, it seems to me that it would be impossible to show that it doesn't work. And generally speaking, if we have a belief that is impossible to show is wrong or incorrect, and we can't falsify that belief, is it useful to have that belief? You are listening to Being Reasonable on WHUP. We continue our conversation with Sophie Dangtran as she discusses her belief in the power of Reiki right after this short break.
Hi, this is Mark Solomon, host of Being Reasonable. Do you like the show and want to help? Please subscribe to Being Reasonable as a podcast and maybe even write us a review. Thanks. Generally speaking, if we have a belief that is impossible to show is wrong or incorrect, and we can't falsify that belief, is it useful to have that belief? It is for me because it has made a big difference to my life. So what do you think of love? Can love be measured? Does love exist? What do you think? I think, yes, yes, love does exist. And no, it cannot be really measured. Let's say you believe that a family member of yours loves you. Mm -hmm. Could you envision a scenario where something could happen and then you would think, you know what? Despite me thinking this for so long, I now believe that that person no longer loves me. Is there anything that could happen that could change your view whether this person loves you or not? I think that you, if you had asked me that 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I would say yes. Today, I would say no, because they might do or say something that to other people would show that they don't love me. I learn... Oh, I, I'm still learning to see beyond that to their true nature. So if someone told you that they didn't love you, and I sure hope they don't, that you would go on believing that they did? I believe that their soul, another term that's not measurable, but I do believe that their soul does love me. Their body personality or what they think of as their personality might not. Oh, so that's interesting. So that is another, what we call, I guess, belief, where there's nothing that could happen that could show you otherwise. Mm -hmm. In fact, what I think of as our lives on Earth are is we're basically in a play and we're all actors in it. And most of us are such good actors. Literally or an analogy? Literally. Some of us are such good actors that we absolutely, absolutely believe in our characters and what they do and what they feel and what they think. But beyond that, we're all here on earth as souls, not just as minds and brains and bodies, but we're here as souls. And uh, it's a play. I use the word play both in the sense of a play like a comedy or a drama and also play as in a game. How do we know that's true? We don't know it. Uh, not with our brains. We can also know with our hearts and with our guts. How does one know something with their brains versus their hearts and guts? What is a heart and guts? Good question. Uh, more unmeasurable things. Don't you ever have a gut feeling that something's going to happen or you think of somebody and then they call you? Sure. Yeah. So it's that kind of thing. If I think of someone and then they call me, how do I know whether it was a low probability event that happened, because every once in a while low probability events happen, versus hearts and guts? So I say that, let me try to refine that example a little bit. Let's say you dreamed of somebody and that something happened to that person. And then the next morning, they call you and they said, that thing happened. So it's just something 
that's intuitive and that's there because at some level we're all intuitive and we get that everything's connected and we're all connected. And when the connection is strong, we can feel ahead of time what's going to happen. And um, sometimes we are not intuitive enough, and this still happens to me quite often. Sometimes we're not intuitive enough to say that this is going to happen, but it happens anyway. So it's our heart and guts Mm -hmm. and intuition. Mm -hmm. And if something like that happens, it's that. If something like that doesn't happen, then we're just not in touch with that. You're not in touch at that moment. It doesn't mean that a week from How could now, I know that it's not true if it's not true? Uh, again, you pull in and you get in touch with your intuitive self and see what your intuitive self has to say about it. If it's not true, I'm not saying this is the case, but if it's not true, mm-hmm. I really want to know if it's not true. And I also want to know if it's true. Mm-hmm. But I think... In a larger sense, I think you're telling me that it doesn't matter because there are no universal truths, and it only matters if it's true for you. Is that right? Definitely matters that it's true for me. I wouldn't say that there's no universal truths. There are some, unless you mean universal as in everybody agrees on it. When I say universal truth, I mean that it is true, that it is a true fact And it doesn't matter at all what we think about it, what we believe about it, whether we think it works or doesn't work. It doesn't require our belief. It's just true. Mm -hmm. That's what I think of when I'm thinking of a universal, factual truth that's real. Mm -hmm. So what if, say, this thing here is green, Mm -hmm. but if you talk to a person who's colorblind... It might be gray or beige, for example. Mm-hmm. So what is the truth there? So you're pointing at a tarp? Yes. So, because radio. Uh-huh. <laughs> In that example, I would first venture to say that we both agree that there is a universal truth that there is a tarp there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Unless you say otherwise. Yeah, it's there. Right. Mm-hmm. We both perceive the tarp differently due to one of us lacking the appropriate cones in our retinas. Uh Uh-huh. That's what I would say. Yeah. And whoever doesn't have those appropriate cones in their retinas, that would be able to be easily measured and predicted. Predicted, yes. Not sure about measured. Maybe there are degrees of colorblindness. I don't know. And the other thing is, if instead of a beautiful sunny day, we happen to be out here discussing this at night, it certainly would not look green. We'd perceive the tarp differently, but we'd still, and tell me if I'm wrong, we would Mm -hmm. agree, and actually we wouldn't even need to agree, Mm -hmm. that there is a tarp there. Uh And if we walked down the street a mile and we asked ourselves, is that tarp there? we would say that tarp is there. Can we? Because if we walked a mile down, somebody in the meantime could have taken the tarp away. Let's suppose someone, while we're walked a mile down the street, someone steals my tarp. Mm -hmm. Do we then live in a universe where that tarp has been stolen for both of us or has only been stolen 
for one of us? Yeah, that's a great question. And again, I go back to Schrodinger's cat example. So we could live in a world, so someone could mm -hmm. steal this tarp, and I could plainly see that this tarp, that the tarp has been stolen or taken because it's not there anymore. Mm -hmm. Yet you could look over and still see that tarp. With my eyes, no. With my physical eyes, no. How could you see the tarp? I might be able to feel its energy still there somewhere. Maybe not exactly there where it is now, but somewhere else. Not quite following you. Okay. So I think what I'm saying is beyond our physical five senses, there are other senses that some of us will use or not use or use sporadically. Is that a subjective truth or a universal truth? It is subjective for the most part. That's your an opinion? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. If Tony is sitting next to you and Tony says that's not true, mm -hmm. then you're both right, you're both wrong. There's really no way to mm -hmm. discuss what is real. Well, yes, basically that's true. Because, yes, we see the top here. It's just like you see my hand right now. I'm holding up my left hand. Mm -hmm. You can see it. And you see it a certain way, a certain shape and certain color. But if there was, say, an ant crawling on the back of my hand, mm -hmm. it would see something very different. I would see something very different. But would that ant exist on the back of your hand for both of us? In the example, yes. Uh-huh. So when I talk about a universal truth, that's what I'm talking about. And in my mind, if something is not a universal truth, meaning it's not true for everyone, it's true for you, but it's not true for me, it's hard for me to understand how it is actually true, real. Yes. Yes. We come from so two totally different points of view, which is fine. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not trying to convince you of the truth of what I believe in. But I want to know if it's true, if it is true. Mm -hmm. And I think you're telling me that we live in a universe where that's impossible. In a sense, yes. Because to me, everything depends on your point of view. And, uh, and we can look with our physical eyes and see this green top here. The green top is composed of atoms, and atoms are mostly space. Mm -hmm. And yet, I don't see space when I look with my physical eyes. Mm -hmm. So there are truths according to our physical senses that are universal. But if you dig down enough, or if you change your point of view, you move away or you move closer, something like that, it so will be different. I could change my point of view, and those atoms which are mostly space, that make up that tarp could vanish for one of us? Mm, it would not vanish, but it would exist in a different state, maybe. I think that you had a, uh, a guest once on your show. I listened to part of the show, and she talked about existing a life after death. So we're used to thinking of existing as what we're doing on earth, and then we die. But to her, there was something even beyond that. There was a spirit of that person who's still around. And was that a subjective belief of that person, or was that a universal truth? It might not be universal for everybody, and it resonated with me. 
because I have had conversations with my father who passed away 13 or 14 years ago. Yeah. And it seems like having a conversation with someone who you knew and who has passed can be very comforting and very helpful. Yes. Uh Does that make it true? Comforting does not mean true. Same thing with Reiki. We want to go back to Reiki. Uh, Reiki can be very comforting to those who choose to receive it, but it's not always it's not always comforting. First of all, because even though the majority of the people I work with will feel more calm and more peaceful afterwards, some people might actually feel stirred up. If it's not comforting for some people, and I'm not saying this is the case. And the reason why is, is because that Reiki isn't what we think it is. Is there any possible way we could find that out? Maybe if we, as we get older, we might. It seems to me, Mm -hmm. tell me if I'm wrong, that you have several beliefs that really can't be shown to be incorrect. And I think you're telling me that you came from a math background. Yes. And if you're working in an equation or something, mm-hmm. in that scenario, there's a way to know that, let's say, your belief that a certain formula is going to work in this situation. There is a self-correcting mechanism. There is a way to know if that is an incorrect proof, that that doesn't work. That it seems in your other life, that's something different for you. Right? Yes, in my other life, it was very different. But it, I just thought of something. Even in math, there are some things that you have to assume that are true, that cannot be proven. There's some premises, yes. Yeah. If you were working on an equation and someone came to you and they said, how do you know this equation is true, mm-hmm. it, that it works? And then you told them, I feel that it is true Mm. in my heart, in my gut. How do you think that would go over? Probably not well. Why? Because people insist on having more than that. But it's not up to me to prove everything, and it's not up to me to change anybody's opinion. Sure. But coming to an answer to an equation with your heart and gut, is that a reliable way to work a math problem? It could be. I think of the example of Archimedes. Now, he uh, discovered what it was that he discovered, I forget, but he discovered while he was taking a bath. Oh, uh, the Eureka moment, you mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. Display, water displacement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he didn't set out to, with pen and paper, to prove a theorem. It just came to him. And then he probably wrote down some equations to to prove it, but it came to him first. It came to him, Mm -hmm. and it sounds like that there was math that supported that view. Uh And it might have been an intuition, Mm -hmm. but the answer could be shown independently as a universal truth, that Mm -hmm. water displacement was a thing that worked for everybody, not just for him, right? And whether he believed in water displacement or not, did that matter whether it worked or not? I would imagine that that it did matter to him. If he decided that he did not believe in those properties, mm-hmm. then for him, boats would sink. Mm-hmm. Could be. 
How's that? So math is subjective too. Yeah. And physics is subjective as well, especially now that there's quantum physics. Not that I claim to know much about quantum physics. I certainly don't understand it. But it seems to me like it's much more about probabilities than about hard, cold, two plus two equals four. Do we live in a universe that has the same sets of probabilities or different sets of probabilities? As far as right now, yes, it's the same set of probabilities. But who knows, maybe in five years, somebody will come up with a totally different view of physics and go beyond quantum physics. And there will be a different set of equations for that. How important is truth to you? My truths are important to me. How important are universal truths to you? Let's say on a scale from one to seven, seven being very, very important and one being, yeah, not that important. It depends. To me, love is a universal truth and that's very important to me. On a scale of one to seven, it's a 10,000. Can I prove it? No. Let's say generally speaking, mm-hmm. generally speaking, is knowing what is universally true very important to you or is subjective truth more important? One is just as important as the other for me because what I see as true now, maybe in 10 years as I've grown older and wiser, I might see that something differently is possible. How do you know whether your truth is a subjective truth versus a universal truth? How do you know the difference? Um, I would say, aside from several universal truths, which are important to me, like love, which I believe exists and always has and always been. Well, uh, if love is a universal truth versus love being a subjective truth, mm -hmm. how could you know what love is? Is there a way you could distinguish? Not with my words, no. And what I think of is now, maybe in 10 years, I will think differently of it. Hopefully in a more uh, spiritual and wiser way. It's, n it's not often that I get to talk this way with anybody. So thank Me neither. You. <laughs> <clears throat> Me neither. Mm -hmm. And I can see how we see the world differently a little bit. Mm -hmm. I do. And I think where I come from is that I think part of the problem we have these days is that people have wildly different beliefs And these beliefs are directly opposed to other people's beliefs. And that in such a case where beliefs are at opposition to each other, both sets of people might incorrectly think that their beliefs are universal truths yes. instead of maybe subjective opinions. And yes. I think at this point in our country, it's become a little dangerous. Yeah, I was thinking, too, of the election, how one side, and there are at least two sides, unfortunately, how one side sees the world in a certain way, mm -hmm. and the other side sees the world completely differently. Well, and, to use your example, mm -hmm. in our recent election, one side is claiming that there is universal, widespread voter fraud, and another half of the population believes that, for the most part, The election was free and fair. Yeah. And it seems like these are subjective truths. Mm -hmm. And maybe what you're telling me is that there is no objective truth here. 
Yes. Because for one side, what they believe is absolutely, tr absolutely true. And for the other side, they also believe that what they believe in is absolutely true. Is there an objective truth? The objective truth to me in that situation is... Not to you. Okay. <laughs> to true. anybody. I, to you means that it's your opinion. But uh -huh. is there an objective truth, whether there is widespread voter fraud or there is not? We might not know for a long time on this. We might not know for a while, mm -hmm. but is there an objective truth out there about that? And does it matter what I believe? I think that what we believe always matters because what It might matter to me. Yeah. But I want to know the truth, the real answer here. Mm -hmm. Was there widespread election voter fraud or was there not? And it seems like an important question needs to be answered. And what I think about it shouldn't matter. My opinion shouldn't matter to the truth. That's what I think I'm saying. It's true that if there is an objective truth, then it's just the objective truth and we might feel differently about it. On the other hand, we are all connected. So there isn't an objective truth in this situation either. How about if I say this? I think the objective truth is that we need to do better at seeing the other people, the other side, as people. But it seems in this scenario where half the country is claiming one thing and the other half is claiming another thing, that from what you're saying, my fear about that is playing out, that there are two subjective truths and there's no way to find out factually, where the correct answer lies. Yeah, there's no way right now. And all the conclusion that I got out of this whenever I looked at the election map is for me to try to be more loving and by bec becoming more loving myself, it spreads in the world. And eventually, because we're all connected, eventually everything will be more loving. From the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsborough, North Carolina, I'm Mark Solomon, and you've just listened to another episode of Being Reasonable. Questions? Thoughts? Connect with us at beingreasonableshow.com. See you next week. Enjoy the funk. <laughs>
unreachable.
my youth If suddenly I've disappeared Nothing to be feared I'm going back to Dundee By the North Sea If suddenly I can't be found No, I'm safe, safe and sound In the West End of Dundee If suddenly I've disappeared Nothing to be feared I'm going back to Dundee By the North Sea If suddenly I can't be found No, I'm safe, safe and sound Can't be found, no I'm safe, safe and sound in the West End of Dundee.
charming in 94, but not so much anymore.